Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Santa! Oh, my God! Would you please tell him that instead of presents this year, I just want my family back. Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? It must be magic. I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming. Nobody's walking out on this fun, old-fashioned family Christmas. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Welcome back to another episode of Tis the the podcast that is determined to keep the spirit of Christmas alive 365 days a year. I'm Tom. I'm Anthony. And since we don't have Julie, I just cut our name by a third as well. <laughs> this is our first ever Julia List show. I know. It's our me first her... ever, like, just you and me on the main feed. I know. Me and her have done it once before without you on the main feed. Uh, that came out wrong, but you know what I meant, listeners. Uh... <laughs> so, this is a milestone. I feel much more replaceable, though, than Julia. Julia, I mean, I would I would say, if you ask listeners, we're both the most, we're both replaceable. She's the one who's not. Yep. But she's uh, at Disney World right now on a fabulous vacation. Good for her. Yeah. yeah. And here we are. And here we are. But hey, next month, she'll be jealous when you're on a fabulous trip to New York City and get to see your favorite elf. Um, I am looking for, just FYI, looking for, in the Manhattan area, a studio where we can do a podcast, where we could record a podcast episode. <gasps> that would be awesome. I think so. I think maybe my WeWork will have one, but I don't know for sure. Did you watch that show on Apple TV about WeWork? I did. That's I pretty did. good. Uh, some friends told me a- about a book where they um, discuss the uh, startup Silicon Valley culture and like the mid-years of somebody who was you know the middle teens 20 teens and uh it's just interesting to see all this stuff plays out how's la um how's her summer vacation going dude so last week she did chair camp which was cute and fun and everything but this week she is in harry potter camp and they did something where like they had like I think it's like Sprite, some sort of clear carbonated beverage thing. And they put some clear stuff in and it reacts um, after you put when you have the sorting hat on and it sorts you into your house by color. That's awesome. So where'd she get Her, sorted? Hers turned red. So just like every test she's ever done, she made it to Gryffindor. Lucky her. She must be happy. She was so excited. Did she get to pick a wand so, too? Like, did they have different wands and everything? They're going to go to Ollivander's this week. They're going to get to taste butterbeer. They're getting chocolate frogs that she's excited about. I think when they do Ollivander's, it's chocolate Harry Potter wands. But they're learning. Tomorrow, she has defense against the dark arts class. (laughs) That's awesome. If she's she's into Harry Potter and stuff, you've got to get her down to Universal Studios to the Harry Potter land. We're we're reading uh, Chamber of Secrets right now. Oh, nice. Is this her first time going through the series? Well, we, yeah, we're doing one a year because, you know, they get progressively more complex and dark. Mm-hmm. And you remember last year, um, 
we did the uh, Philosopher's Stone this year. We're doing Chamber of Secrets, and it's uh, those animated books are so amazing. Oh yeah, I love those. Those are the ones like they're perfect, especially for reading them aloud with your children. Yep. And by the time you guys get to the later ones, they'll all be out. <laughs> the first five are done. So first we've got five. Those. So yeah, only the other. We're two only doing one a year, so we've got plenty of time. Yeah, by the time um, you get to the last one, HBO should be like two se- seasons into their show too, probably. Oh, you think it's gonna take that long? I assume with the writer strike and stuff now, probably won't even come out to twenty. 20- Five. 25 yeah uh, i'm just gonna say this if there are any writers listening you're picking the wrong time in technology to try this game <laughs> ai is getting so stinking good yeah supposedly hollywood right now is using ai, AI to write scripts and mm-hmm. wa- just want to pay writers what the strike ends to come back and edit it essentially polish it up that's what i mean you got to think things through y'all ai wrote an excellent short story for me the other day because there's this person at work who hoards vacation days like scrooge hoards money and people make fun of her for uh you know you can't take your vacation days you can't carry over many of them into next year so i was like ai write me a christmas carol except instead of money diana is obsessed with vacation days and how it ruins her life (laughs) and it turned out awesome i was like man this is creepy how good it's getting uh you and ellie saw the little mermaid right oh we did wasn't it good like it exceeded my expectations i was like blown away by it I was, I got to tell you one thing I was really surprised about when we left, Christine's like, I don't, I don't, you know, it was okay or whatever. She sat on it for a few days. She's like, I really liked that. That was pretty impressive. Like like, she wasn't immediately won over, but the more it settled with her, she wants to see it again already. Yeah. I think it may be my favorite one so far. Live action remake so far. Sebastian and Scuttle were hilarious. Aquafina nailed it out of the park. I just did not like the song, and I think ninety percent of it was the name, the scuttlebutt. Yeah, and the continual saying scuttlebutt. I just did not like it. No, I don't think anyone liked but, that song. Uh, you've heard it's flopped in Asian countries, though, right? Yep. Um, a friend of mine who's uh, Taiwanese and works with me at work. He was talking about how bad it's doing over there. Because everybody grew up with the books and they want a white redheaded Ariel, which I thought was interesting. How did you feel about Javier Javier Bardem as King Triton? I actually liked him. I found his performance lackluster. Like stiff? He could have and should have done a lot more. Compared to Melissa McCarthy as Ursula. Right. But the big scene where I think he should have done more was the anger and wrecking her storage area. Because yes. in the film, King Triton just had such a large presence. And like, I remember as a kid, um, I was watching with my little sister, and she was equally as scared of his anger and wrath at that as she was some of the um, Ursula stuff. Yeah, that's a fair point. What I liked about this one is they changed the curse. So she didn't even remember she had to kiss Eric. So it was more than just a, I just have to kiss him. She actually had to fall for him, too. Well, and it made more sense that because in the other movie, all she had to do was kiss him. She could have just grabbed his face and kissed him. Yep. Oh, and the dog. The dog. dog. 
if you have children and have not taken them to see it yet, I don't say this about a lot of movies, but this is a theater movie. This is one that you will want to see in the full theater. The the hundred and some odd different sound channels make a difference. This the size the, we saw it at IMAX and it was just so, it blew us so away. Way, especially for scenes like Under the Sea, which was yep. awesome. And Kiss the Girl, which is hilarious. They made it so funny. They it wasn't just a shot for shot remake, which is how I felt Beauty and the Beast with Emma Watson was. Yes, it was. It lacked it lacked any difference. I think Disney's learning. And the Lion remember. King. And the Lion and King. And the Lion King. I think they're learning if we're gonna lean into this and want to do live action movies, we've got to have a voice for these movies as well. That's why I really liked Aladdin as well. They changed it enough where it wasn't. I liked it. I, I did like Aladdin a lot. I like this one more though. And a hundred percent of it is my expectation for the genie, no matter how well Will Smith did, especially the longer I sit with it, it's just not Robin Williams genie. Yeah, I do wonder if he was alive. They just would have recast him to play him again. I don't even know. Yeah, I, but I don't. The animation was so cool with that. I don't know if they could have done justice with the live action. Yeah, that's true. Know. But that's it's, a, it's a definite watch. What else have you watched or done, uh, Anthony? What have you been doing on your ridiculously long summer break from me? Oh man, it has felt for like very long. Let's see, what have I been doing? Well, by the time this drops, I will have seen The Flash again, which I'm excited about. And I will have seen The Blackening, which looks hilarious. Have you seen the trailer for that? I have. I have. I can't wait. That looks amazing. Um, I binged Fear, the first two seasons of Fear, which y'all, if you're not watching that show, you need to, because that show is incredible. I cannot agree more we have binged season one i cannot get enough of it there is nothing else i want to watch it's better than the early seasons of the walking dead to me mm-hmm. absolutely and i it's feel like it came out it came out of nowhere too like it's an mgv mgm plus original and now but now all of a sudden I see loads of people talking about it. Like just over the past week or two, like it really I see it's getting a lot of attention. And I'm glad because I want it to continue, but it's great. It is so, so, so good. Yeah, for it's, those who haven't seen it, it's like it's kind of like a mix between Lost and The Walking Dead. Like you go into this town, but you can't leave. There was another show like this where you, at, where people would come in. And Wayward Pines, that was it, not Falls. Wayward Pines. I do remember that show. Yep. I loved Wayward Pines, but this, the way they're doing this is so much better. Does it have, a? I know there's good and there's bad in this. This could be taken good or bad, depending on who you are. But does this have a really good M. Night Shyamalan feel to you? Yes, like early, still mysterious M. Night Shyamalan. It's everything I loved about the village because there's some mysterious, I don't want to give anything away. There's some mysterious evil force that's terrorizing the town, like in the village and like the village, you don't see it or know what it is. Mm -hmm. We don't actually see it attack. We don't see the damage. Like we don't see how it does the damage. And that to me is terrifying. My favorite character on the show though is, is the guy who got stuck there who thought it was all a practical joke at first, the really rich guy who thought he was in a You didn't hate room. him? 
<laughs> I think I think he's hilarious. Oh my gosh. Please cut this out, but he has like so many Silicon Vo- Valley bros that I was just like, somebody come, whatever these bad things are, if there is a god in this universe that we're watching, <laughs> he will be eaten tonight. I'll just say right now, if they are all dead in the end, I'm going to be annoyed. Oh, but they have to have some sort of weird church they go into that doesn't explain why everything is all the things and... <laughs> Still not over that ending. That's my fear with this writer strike. Lost mm. was damaged during a writer strike. Everything shut. Everything was at the time. Mm-hmm. Heroes lost. Didn't come back from it. A lot of shows still recovered, but those did not. They need to resolve this soon. They're not going to have. I think they have to resolve it soon. They're not going to have anything. Come September for the new seasons, if they don't resolve. Oh, they will. Soon. You think they're gonna go AI? I think they'll use AI and hire scabs. I mean, you don't think that uh, the SAG will step in and also start striking with their actors? Maybe. I don't know. But one thing that will not be affected is what we're covering tonight. Well, I don't know. Is it canceled indefinitely? No, it is. I didn't think so. It could still happen. So tonight, Tom and I are reco- are covering the Chris the three Christmas episodes of Cartoon Network's Adult Swim's hit comedy, Rick and Morty. <laughs> mistake speak for yourself no not forcing julia to watch this and talk to us about it oh well i I was about to say for a sneak peek behind the curtain i actually had this on the calendar in a few weeks and i was like when i was talking to tom like we should record something i was like maybe you should do rick and morty while julia's gone and and spare her i'd actually be curious to see what she would have thought i would too but she's (laughs) I think in the long run, she'll be happy she's not a part of this. <laughs> so, Julia, if you're listening, afterwards, let us know what you think on all our social medias. Um, and if you don't, we'll be sure to ask you at our next recording what you think on the spot <laughs> and not edit it out. <laughs> so, for those who don't know, the series follows the misadventures of Rick Sanchez, a cynical mad scientist, and the good-hearted but fretful grandson, Morty Smith, who split their time between domestic life and interdimensional adventures that take place across an infinite number of realities, often traveling to other planets and dimensions through portals on Rick's flying saucer. Um, Yeah, the series started out as a parody, essentially, of Back to the Future. And if you look at the character designs, they do look like Doc Brown and Marty McFly. 100%. An old guy, crazy white hair. Younger kid, but nerd. I do want to ask you, what do you have any history with this show before tonight? Yes, of course I do. <laughs> okay, of course I've seen I've seen Rick and Morty. Um, 
some of it I find funny, some of it I don't. I'm not part of the cult following, but uh, Rick and Morty's been there for me for the for the lot for those six years. Yeah, I love I love Rick and Morty. It got funnier for me as it went along because they started they stopped with a lot. Well, it's still a lot of immature humor, but Rick doesn't burp every five seconds in later seasons, and they toned all that stuff down. But all the food I, hanging and dribbling from his mouth all the time, <laughs> and the burps. Yeah, it, that was that got old. But I I do I really like this show. I think it's smart. I think it could be surprisingly emotional at times. Um. And I'm excited, and it has a big mythology. I'm excited to see. I'm excited to see how it plays out in the end. It's a overarching story. So I have a question for you because I know you like Family Guy. I know you like Bob's Burgers. You're an adult cartoon type of guy. Where yeah. does this fall on your adult cartoon ranking here? It depends. What What are we talking? If we're talking early to mid Simpsons, it's well below that. Same thing with early Family Guy. Um, unlike a lot of the other stuff, you know, um, family guys gone downhill. American dad went downhill. I lost interest in a lot of those. Bob's burgers is still okay. It's hit or miss. Um, but like South park, I agree with you. This has gotten better over time. It's the writing, the scripts, the storylines have, I can't say matured after what we watched today. But uh, the characters have matured and become more, even Rick has become more palatable. Yeah, I for me, it I am an adult, I would put this on top of my adult cartoons. I like this. Okay. Then then Archer and Family Guy. I've never been into Archer. Pretty good. That's ending soon. Speaking of Bob's Burgers, you have the same Benjamin. Yeah, the same actor. Yep. Yeah. So the creator of the show. Is somebody we have covered before. Dan Harmon also created Community. So we don't have to get into him, but the co-creator of the show is Justin Roiland, who has been accused of domestic violence and workplace harassment and everything. Now, apparently all the charges were dropped uh, due to lack of evidence, according to uh, the courts. But... um. He has still been fired from Rick and Morty going forward, so I'm curious to see how the show goes without him, because he is the voice of both Rick and Morty on this show, and a lot of the uh, lesser-known characters. Yep. Dan Harmon has been problematic, too. He has been. Did we cover that? Oh, with Community, I think we have, yeah. Okay. I I don't want to get into that, because that's really dark, but... um... Who would have thought that people who create a, a show this twisted uh, would be problematic in real life? I feel like that's a trend when you go back through history. A lot of the genius creators are very problematic when you look at them. It's sad, but I think you're right. It is sad. Yeah, I feel like we, I feel like we should say here at the top. By the way, listeners, these this is a pretty adult show. So if you're listening with kids, you may want to wait till kids are out of the room. There's no way to avoid some of the adult stuff uh that would be talked about on this show so there's your warning but yeah justin Rowland plays the two main characters rick sanchez and morty smith chris parnell plays jerry smith morty's <laughs> pathetic <laughs> father and rick's pathetic son-in-law this is it seems to be a trend for him because he plays the pathetic cereal on archer um yep. 
we may have covered him. I don't know if he was in any of the Christmas episodes of 30 Rock, but he was uh, he was Dr. Leo Spaceman on 30 Rock. He was on SNL for a few years. He plays Doug on Family Guy. Oh, he did The Simpsons. He's done a lot of voice acting. Yeah, I Elena like this guy. Avalor. He was on Kenny, Kimmy Schmidt. He was a voice on Curious George. He had an appearance. He was in Will and Grace. He's done a lot. And then, of course, yep. he's done. He was Thomas Edison and Carl Sagan in Drunk, Drunk History. History. Yep. We may have covered him in Blackish. Oh, yeah. He's that. Uh, he works with. He's, he's the dean. Oh, right, right, right. So it's possible. Yep. But he's a good guy. Yep. I like this guy. Playing Beth Smith, his wife, and Space Beth, the clone of his wife, uh, is Sarah Chalk. People will know her best as Becky Connor in Roseanne and Elliot, accepted. and Elliot Reed in Scrubs. That's where I think that's where I, I think she had a bigger impact. <laughs> she was also in Firefly Lane, How I Met Your Mother, Estella, and in Cougar Town. She's also on some Netflix show called Dogs in Space. So she was on Grey's Anatomy, Robot Chicken. Pre- she was in. She was the voice in Prep and Landing. Naughty versus Nice. Oh, Prep so we, Oh, she was the elf, right? The girl yep, elf. We the, covered her. We covered her. And then the last main cast member here is Spencer Grammer, who voices Summer, Morty's older sister. This is her biggest show, but she was also Casey Cartwright on ABC Family's Greek. If you if y'all remember that, but she has guest starred on stuff like Grey's Anatomy, Chicago PD. Uh, Law and Order, of course. Law and Order. Cheers in 92. She was played little girl. So, yeah, that's our main cast. We do have some big guest stars in each of these episodes, which we'll talk about. We do. Including this first episode, which is season one, episode three, Anatomy Park, which is a spoof on Jurassic Park. Oh, my gosh. So, so, so uh, let's jump right in because uh, this I love this episode. Not to not to give it away, but uh, we, it's something, man. It is something. We start on Christmas morning, uh, and of course, as is common in many families nowadays, the whole family is on their iPhones, their iPads. They're not having any human connection, and Jerry is like he just wants to have a human holiday. Especially with his parents visiting, coming to, coming to visit. So he collects all the electronics and stocking and, you know, says we're all going to spend some time together today. Rick, meanwhile, shows up with a homeless guy in a Santa <laughs> outfit named Ruben. Ruben. <laughs> They're going to the garage. Yeah, he brings Morgan to the garage. And apparently Ruben has been a test subject for Rick over yeah. many years. I was going to say, Ruben is played by Jess Harnell. Do you know Jess Harnell? Who is that? Jess Harnell is the voice of Crash Bandicoot. Oh, okay. And he's the Love voice of Darth games. Maul in the Star Wars video games. Ah, okay. Very cool. He had some other stuff. He's Ironhide in um, Transformers. He played a few presidents in Mr. Peabody and Sherman. Yeah, so Ruben, though, is ground zero for Rick's one of rick's inventions he created a theme park inside this body called anatomy park 
Isn't there a little con? I, I felt there was some controversy over whose idea it actually was, though. Between Rick and Doctor Zeman Bloom, played by John Oliver, who yeah, was. is a genius. Yeah, there is a little controversy. Um, Rick fully takes credit though for Pirates of the Pancreas, which he feels is an undervalued idea. <laughs> though Zedon Bloom and the rest of the staff of this park are like it doesn't make sense to have a ride called Pirates of the Pancreas. Well, essentially, Reuben is dying due to alcoholism, his liver shutting down, and as such, there is a problem with Anatomy Park. Uh, like Jurassic Park, the systems are shut down, and the body is attacking itself. So Rick shrinks Morty and injects him into, into Reuben, where Morty must team up with Dr. Xenon Bloom, and a few other park employees who are like parodies of people like from Predator and movies like that. You have Poncho, the big muscle guy with the gun, and you have Annie, the hot blonde who Rick immediately, who Morty immediately develops a crush on. You have a guy who's basically goofy from Disney, <laughs> a goofy outfit the whole time. Not allowed to take off his hat. No. His head. Yep. So. While this is going on, <laughs> Jerry's parents arrive for Christmas, but they do not arrive alone. They arrive with a friend who's, what's the friend's name? Jacob, named Jacob, who Jake. is a, yep. So, so Jerry's parents, yep, Jerry's parents are this older white couple, and Jake is this younger black man and it soon becomes clear that the three of them have some sexual arrangement of basically a cuckolding scenario much to cherry's disturbance uh <laughs> and he becomes even more disturbed when everyone else in the family just accepts that they're all okay with it <laughs> um cherry's dad tries to normalize it like son it's okay they let me watch all the time sometimes in the closet all the time in a superman elf. <laughs> <So> <laughs> weird, um in ruben's body meanwhile ruben dies which <laughs> unleashes bacteria and viruses throughout anatomy park well Wait. it's it's going it's gone rogue yes they featured all of these Back, all of it's supposed to be all these all the the viruses from the viruses and bacteria that have fought humanity for for years, but they say they've escaped. Yeah, and, so uh, we have like gonorrhea and the bubonic plague, and E. coli is actually shaped like a virus, not a bacteria. Just saying. <laughs> and they start picking off the crew out of Anatomy Park one by one, but we find out Double Cross Poncho. Compromise the safety of Anatomy Park. He is basically yep. the Wayne Knight character from Jurassic Park. He was stealing the viruses to sell them to the highest bidder. But instead of bubonic plague. bubonic plague, he wanted to sell it to North Korea, Iran, all of Russia, America, all of America's enemies. Anything um, would be better than working for Dr. Xenon Bloom. <laughs> Uh, but of course, Poncho falls to his death, uh, fighting off the bubonic plague when he gets out. <laughs> Rick, meanwhile, is doing everything he can to keep Ruben's body 
somewhat functioning, somewhat <laughs> so so that he can find a way to get Morty and the crew of Anatomy Park out. Otherwise, they'll die inside of it. So they finally decide that they need to go out through the nipple. Yes, which they decide when they're watching a video again from Jurassic Park with the, the ride they're on where Dr. Hammond's explaining the clone of the dinosaurs process. This is an animatronic Reuben explaining the human body to them. And R- Morty's making out with Annie, and it's one of my favorite quotes in the episode. Rick is like, Morty, can you get to the nipple? And he's like, Oh, geez, Rick, I hope I get to the hope I get more than that. <laughs> Um. So they head to the nipple, and on well, their first, way, they have to go through the small intestine. They have to go through the small intestine, which is just uh, ahead. And to get through it, you go to the left, then to the right, then to the left, then to the right, then to the left. Well, well I like they have to escape on a monorail to, <laughs> and talk to somebody. Has to stay behind to. I read the monorail. Wait, before that, we missed this the the song. It's a small intestine. <laughs> it's, uh, it is. I don't have the lyrics. It's basically it's a small world, but about a small intestine. Yep. Yep. It's funny, but yeah, like you said, they have to get to a monorail, but it's so, not autopiloted. So Xenon Bloom, he's behind to let Morty and Annie escape. And the minute it starts taking off, he's like, son of a bitch, it is autopiloted! Wait for me! He gets attacked by the poop on a plague and dies. Um, meanwhile, while they're heading to the nipple to escape through the nipple hole, Rick blows up Reuben, so when they come out of the nipple, they'll they come out fully sized. They, he enlarges him. Enlarges. Yes. And, and he him has floating. to take space to do that. <laughs> this is one of my favorite parts. Because Ruben's naked body is hovering over planet Earth, and the news is commenting on it. And they're like, well, it's a giant head over so-and-so. One can only imagine what the people of Montana must be seeing. And you see this lumberjack alone in the woods as the shadow of, <laughs> of Ruben's penis overcomes the woods and the lumberjack just looks up and starts shaking with his wise eye and he's like "Ah!" it was they had his eyes over new york and they go to california and they're talking about how large his feet are even in proportion to his body and you know what they say about people with large feet (laughs) (laughs) and then we've cut to the lumberjack Ah! and it was amazing um, so they come out the nipple and they're full sized, and Rick is there to get them. Yep, in his flying saucer, and, and Ruben and Ruben explodes, and blood rain Viscera. starts falling. Viscera everywhere, all over America, and on the yep. TV they're telling them this is fine. Well, well, it's funny because well, before Morty and Annie escape, they are attacked by hepatitis A, and again, it's a spoof of the closing scene of Jurassic Park, like the raptors. And but before they can be eaten by hepatitis A, hepatitis C, a much larger virus, comes in and attacks hepatitis A, just like the T-Rex did in Jurassic Park. And Morty even comments, I, I don't get it. Did we have a relationship with that guy? Why is he, why is he saving us? <laughs> well, Rick, Morty, and Annie come back to the house where Jerry has kind of learned to accept Jacob because 
he saw the way so ethan who is summer's boyfriend came to the house upset with summer because she hasn't been texting him back because jerry took away all the electronics and um jacob helps ethan confess all his anger and uh jerry had a newfound respect for that so um back of the house uh rick's upset anatomy park is destroyed um, and Annie says, well, I studied Dr. Xenon Bloom's work, so I have the knowledge to build a new one. So Rick shrinks her back down and leaves Morty depressed. Um, and he injects her into, eventually injects her into Ethan, <laughs> so they're going to build a new anatomy park. And then well, in, before in she goes in, she tells him, I've studied Dr. Bloom's work for years. I know everything and I've got ideas on how to make it better. And, he's, and Rick asks, well, what do you think about <laughs> Pirates of the Pancreas? And she just builds him up that this is a great idea yep and then in an after credit scene on a conference call with the new anatomy park staff annie says the crew reveals plan reveals plans to scrap rick's pirates of the pancreas and rick gets upset and hangs up on her yep and he's no longer interested <laughs> uh so this episode was funny hilarious it's set at christmas Christmas is not integral. It's not a Christmas episode. There were, it was more integral to the family stuff. It was, but that was also a really small part. It does have a Linus moment when Jerry realizes family. I don't know where I'm going with this. When Jerry realizes his parents' relationship, while unconventional, works for them and accepts this third into their life. Rick did have a quote at the beginning of this about Christmas. He says, oh, what have we got here? A bunch of people with their faces stuffed in computers. Don't you realize that Christ is born today? Don't you realize that Christ, our Savior, is born today? What kind of Christmas is this? And I liked how the news announcers constantly referred to Ruben, too, as the giant naked sky Santa. <laughs> yeah. um, I like Jerry singing at the beginning of the episode, and I wanted this, the lyrics, so I actually went and found the script, where he's like, Last last Christmas King, last arrived on Christmas Day, Christmas Christmas, just butchering <laughs> King Wenceslas. I also loved uh when, when Anatomy Park was failing inside of Reuben and Rick didn't know if he could get them out. He t- he tells Morty, listen, if the situation in there keeps on darkening, you, you gotta do yourself a favor and pop by Pirates of the Pancreas. I mean, the top priority is, you know, get, get out of there, guys. But I mean, if that punk was impossible, you, you, you've got to treat yourself. It's really good, Morty. I like that the way Jerry gets the kids to put their phones in the stocking, he threatens Summer by telling her he's going to join Facebook if she doesn't put her phone in. <laughs> and let's be honest. If our parents had thought about it, they could have gotten a lot out of us years ago by threatening to join Facebook. I did like the Phil Collins reference where to to deflect from the fact that he just brought a homeless Santa into the house. Uh, that's supposedly been a friend of his that just keeps talking about really old war stuff. Pearl Harbor, Korea, randomly. Uh, Jerry <laughs> says, don't worry about your Christmas, Jerry. Or, I'm sorry, Rick says, don't worry about your Christmas, Jerry. I'll be with Ruben in my workshop while you guys are having another day in Phil Collins' proverbial paradise. Referencing just another day in paradise where Phil Collins sings about people ignoring homeless people. <laughs> but yeah, so like you said, set at Christmas, had somewhat of a Linus moment. What would you give this one? It was It was funny, 
but I'm not coming out of five for lack of Christmasiness overall. Yeah, this, so for the record, this is one of my favorite Rick and Morty episodes. I love this one, but due to lack of Christmas, I'd have to give it a six. So five so and a half? So Tom, do you want to walk us through our next episode? Not really. I did not love this one as much. This next one is season four, episode five, Rattlestar Rick Lactica. All right. So in this episode, we are back at Christmas. And for some weird reason, Morty had killed a space snake and feels bad. And he wants to work hard to make up for it, right? Yeah. Well, so it's important to say that he killed a space snake when Rick's Rick's car gets a flat tire in space. And Rick warns him, stay in the car. And Morty does not and gets bit. He gets out of the spaceship, and, and in this spaceship, Rick says it gets a flat tire, and Morty's like, how does a spaceship get a, how do you get a flat tire in space? And he's like, something sharp, obviously. And then the car, it's it's vibrating, and Morty's confused, and Rick's like, I put it in a flat car simulator, and then he turns it off. And yes, the big deal here is Rick tells Morty not to get out of the spaceship, not to get out of the car. He does, he gets bitten. They have to go back to the snake planet. So that Rick can get create an anti-venom. And I don't understand what I watched. I'm going to be honest. We somehow <laughs> get into time travel. We're in a Terminator scenario. Basically, um, basically on the snake planet, they have like 19 billion snakes divided into 10,000 nations based on race. Which Rick remarks the concept of racist snakes is hilarious to him. Yeah, um, he's like, "Oh, I hate you because you're this co- you're a different colored snake than me." <laughs> and more, but Morty is horrified that he killed the astronaut who might have been the snake's last hope for survival. Like he even cries out, "19 billion snakes lost all hope because of me, Rick." Rick says, "It's not your fault, it's the snakes." And they were that he was the idiot who bit first alien yeah, yeah. contact. <laughs> yep. So they go home and. Morty keeps a snake and has a vigil for it. And he comes up with this idea essentially to restore hope to the snakes by going to a pet store, buying a lookalike, and sending it back. Sending it back. We then get a montage of like snake, the snake culture, the scientists, the politicians, the military uh, attempting to interact with the snake they don't understand. And, uh, the snake essentially it alters the entire course of history for the for these snakes <laughs> and as a result they end up having um they're in the future there's going to be this big they they end up creating robot snakes and there's this big uprising again very terminator-esque they create a snake to go back in time like the snakes end up developing time travel they go back in time and end up on earth uh, <laughs> the surviving snakes though somehow win the war because of <laughs> Morty helped them to unite. Morty was their Morty was their flag. Morty with a snake wrapped around him became their flag. He was their hero. Um, but when they in order to to end this, Rick's big thought is, you know what, we just need to introduce time travel earlier to these snakes. So he's like, he's really ticked that he has to learn snake snake math (laughs) so that he can explain time travel to snakes he creates a book they go back in 1985 and leave the book did you notice that this that 
at Snake MIT. Did you notice the snake was wearing a banana shirt like Apple? With yeah. a bite taken out of it? Yep. <laughs> and so these these snakes end up developing time travel. One of the snakes boldly goes back in time, goes to the um, Snake Ford Theater, gives Abraham Lincoln a note that just says, S's. When One of the other snakes goes to 1938 to stop Snake well, Adolf first, Hitler. First, they they... Abraham Lincoln ducks, and then they all beat the crap out of J- Snake John Wilkes Booth. <laughs> then that guy goes back to 1985, and they show everywhere that the the Snake Nazi flags are up. Yeah, so they go back to ni- to like you said, they go back to 1938 to kill Snake Hitler, and all of the snakes are raising their rattles to him. <laughs> the snake drops in to kill him, and then a snake drops in behind him from future time to kill that snake, and they all just start killing each other. Back on Earth, it starts raining, fighting snakes that are attacking everybody. Summer is like going totally BA and killing them. Rick shoots a snake to save Summer, mm-hmm. and this weird time space police group is like, Whoa, yeah. things are going bad. It's Samuel L. Jackson. Yep, he plays Schleamy Pans, who has appeared in a previous Schleam- episode. <gasps> And he has to go, and they essentially go beat back. Beat the and first snake to death. Beat the first, the very first snake who uses a tool <laughs> to get a woman back to his cave, and they just mercilessly beat him to death, and all the snakes disappear. And it's despite the fact that Morty hated this adventure, he messed up big time. <laughs> He Morty has a card where it gives him one like a total of five adventures he gets to choose. He's like, just because you hate it, Morty, doesn't mean this doesn't count as one of your adventures. So he punches a card <laughs> and, rip, and then tears it in half because that was the last one. So while this is all going on, the Christmas plot here is Jerry is trying to hang Christmas lights himself, and. Rick tells him he's not going to be able to hang Christmas lights without killing himself, right? Yep. So, and of course, he immediately falls off the roof. So, but before you hit the ground, Rick zaps him with like a uh, ray that makes him lighter than air. Then he has to counter this by making his shoes heavier than air. So he's just (laughs) extra buoyant. (laughs) Yeah. Of course, after Jerry does hang the lights, but he needs to float. He loses his shoe and he's, he's flying high and calls for help. And Beth is like, you know, Rick's not here. You're essentially on your own. But then they did they did try they did say they would come get him in Rick's ship, but he says no, he can figure this out himself. Yep, because Jerry's Jerry thinks the situation is a win and win. If he survives and goes home without Rick's help, people respect him more. And if he dies, it'll be Rick's fault and they'll blame him for it. Um <laughs> uh so what ends up happening is He's really upset. He's floating. He's only got one shoe. He doesn't know how it's going to end. He calls and leaves a message to Beth, who does not have his number saved in her phone. So it goes straight to voicemail. (laughs) And then he sees a plane and decides, you know what? This is my way home. I'm going to go home with these lights. So he kicks off his shoe, floats up, catches on to the bottom of the plane. When he does, the two pilots driving are like, whoa, did you feel that turbulence? And one of the pilots says, no, man, I'm on Molly. And he's like, hey, great. You got got some. Can I have some? So both pilots are now high. A snake from the alternate universe shows up and talks to Jerry. And Jerry's like, nope, kicks the snake, goes into the <laughs> into the, the engine, blows up. The snake 
the plane comes down crashing and Jerry's like, all right, I did this. He jumps off, lands on a tree and the plane explodes. Yeah. Uh, Jerry basically ends up on the roof back home claiming he was there the entire time, uh, but he falls off. He falls off and breaks his leg. (laughs) Rick only heals a halfway. It's like the other 50% is on you. And Jerry's thankful. thankful and they leave him there while Rick and Morty go inside to drink eggnog where they once again encounter their future selves who are like you guys have to make snake costumes and translate time travel instructions and they're pissed off and the the episode ends until we get our normal post credit scene where they finish the instructions and time machines and travel to the snake planet but before doing so, Rick punches Morty in the eye and reminds him to stay in the car next time. The end. And this, like a lot of, a lot of Rick and Morty episodes, you have to pay attention to the show, otherwise you will be completely lost because of the convoluted physics of time travel. They did have snake jazz they introduced. <laughs> I love when Morty's like, why are they attacking us, Rick? I helped them. And Rick's like, you gave them proof that there was something bigger and scarier to unite against, you little idiot. They would have come back to the Dark Ages for a couple of generations, but instead they dedicated themselves into making universe-destroying, unthought-out technology like time travel so they could kill a little shit sack on Earth who couldn't let a dead snake be dead even after it bit his ankle. Next time, stay in the fucking car. Summer explains to Nancy what happens, and I love this. And Nancy's like, can you alter the course of a species evolution like that without general without repercussions? Summer says, I don't know, Nancy. Can you alter the course of being a giant f- nerd? <laughs> <laughs> and I want to go back to your your quote you had uh that I've that here where um after Morty gets bitten and they're talking about, you know, what's happening and and into the world that's coming and rick says to paraphrase the great jeff foxworthy if you bite your first contact on its ankle you might be a typo civilization neck (laughs) i like when rick zaps jerry to make him buoyant and jerry's like what ray did you zap me with and rick's like i made your atomic matrix slightly lighter than air and now your shoes are heavier than air which makes you neutrally buoyant which i find personally more impressive conceptually than walking on water what do I know? I wasn't born into the God business. I fucking earned it. <laughs> and then when Summer's fighting the snakes and one tries to choke her, she's like, nobody chokes me without consent. Consent. I do like that we had Christopher Walken on here. Yeah, we did. Yep. Uh, we also <laughs> had the Luigi's Mansion reference when Summer asked if Rick trapped Jerry in a painting again. <laughs> I liked when jerry he just ends up screaming i am the jesus christ of christmas that was awful i like when samuel jackson is talking to the other time cop like him he's like we got we got 1051 on goddamn snake planet and the other one's like don't look at me i'm afraid of snakes and samuel jackson's like i'm afraid of snakes bullshit you afraid of work that's what you afraid of Did you notice how bad Jerry's phone looked? He had PowerPoint on it. (laughs) Uh, He also ordered a Diet Sprite remix, which I had to look up. That was a real drink. Are you serious? Yeah, it was discontinued in 2005. That is on brand for Jerry. That's what I have a Linus moment. I don't know. It was a weird... No, it's not a Linus moment. 
but it was one of the sweeter <laughs> scenes in the entire show when Rick only heals Jerry 50% and gives him a win. <laughs> uh, Marty has a line this moment. He learned that if he just stayed in the car. <laughs> <laughs> um, again, this is another one that's just set at Christmas. Um, I'd give this one a four. I was going to come in at a four. So a four. So, so this last one. This is series season six's series finale. Yeah, which a, is the most recent episode. It is a holiday episode. It's a Christmas episode. It's called Rictional Morpoons Chris Rickmas Mortcation. Um. So Christmas Day, Rick is cheerier than usual. He's trying to be a good grandfather for once. Um. It's weird. It is weird. And he gives everybody these amazing gifts from the multiverse, including a lightsaber for Morty, which oh, he has you're wanted for the years. Important one. Jerry's two hour extended miracle of 34th. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> the extended cut. Um, but Morty is thrilled to get a lightsaber. So him and Rick go to the garage to play around with it. Rick starts throwing fruits as targets. <laughs> But Morty loses his grip and it falls into the ground perfectly, perfectly vertical. vertical. <laughs> so it just starts heading down to the Earth's core. So Rick, of course, has many sublevels underneath the house. And they take the elevator down to keep trying to grab it. Um, they end up on a, at a sushi place that's under the house. Morty wants to stop at level 10. Rick says, no, let's go to 15, which is a sushi restaurant with ear rolls. And Rick just wants to wait until the lightsaber gets there. But Morty decides to go up to level 10 where they find a secret lab with the real Rick. He is in there. And Morty realizes the Rick that's been nice to him and the family the last couple of months has been a robot. And Rick defends this because he's like, hey, I took, I built a copy to take care of you guys. You guys get all the emotion while I can focus on hunting Rick Prime. Now he Rick Prime Rick is killbot. Yeah, he's taking apart. Yeah. So Rick Prime, for those listening, he this is the big thread of the show. Rick Prime's the original Rick who killed this Rick's the family. The, this Rick's uh, wife back before the pilot and set everything in motion. So Rick has been obsessed with revenge. Morty, though, is betrayed by the deception and decides to leave real Rick alone. <laughs> and uh, solve the lightsaber crisis himself. So he leaves the Rick robot to watch the extended version of Miracle on 34th Street with Jerry, Beth, and Summer. Wait, Uh, he killed Diane and Beth, right? Yeah, this family is not Rick's original family. This is a different universe. This is Rick Prime's original family, right? Yep. Yes, correct. So... (laughs) Why don't you explain this extended cut of Miracle on 34th Street, Tom, that the it's family basically is watching? Just some dude listing all of the streets in New York and their cross sections and talking about how there are miracles on every one of them without actually going into the miracles. And at first, Jerry is loving it. Jerry gets through like what, like 1,000th Street or something before he's like, okay, this is getting a little old. <laughs> Meanwhile, 
The president of the United States arrives to berate Morty for dropping his lightsaber into the ground because it's going to blow up the planet's core and destroy Earth. Now, the president has had run-ins with Rick and Morty before, which is why he came here to berate them. And the family's like, the presidential helicopter's landing in our yard again, and Morty's like, I'll take care of it. (laughs) Um, But Rick is mad that Robot Rick gave a lightsaber to begin with. And it is a Jedi lightsaber from the Jedi universe. (laughs) It is. So Morty takes the president and all his men to the underground level, and Rick argues, Rick and the president, Rick, Morty and the president argue, and Rick's like, you know what? I'm going to handle this mess myself. So he sends another. they They wanted Rick to help, but Rick is like, they had another scientist who died here. Yeah, by uh, touching one of Rick's inventions. Right, he touched something of Rick's that he wasn't supposed to and, and disintegrated. And they're like, Rick, we need your help building this drill to get to the to get to get the lightsaber. And Rick's basically saying, this is a boring, stupid idea that I don't want to do. And so finally they convince Rick he can do it his own way, and Rick has his own lightsaber that is AI that he drops down after it. And he keeps asking the what is it, the Veritas saber? Veritas saber. Yeah, something like that. And he keeps asking, um, you know, are are you still on track? How far away are you? The lightsaber gets annoyed and it's like, fine. If you're gonna keep bugging me, I'm just gonna turn my brain off. And if you're sideways and pops out through a gondola boat in Italy, <laughs> destroys. Morty's like, Morty's like, oh, that's not so bad. And then the lightsaber just kills everybody <laughs> in the scene. <laughs> and the president, as opposed to, you know, showing concern or anything, he's just says, that's not a moray. <laughs> <laughs> so the science, the president's team decides to make a drill ship to go down to the core and get the lightsaber. That which Rick, Rick That Rick builds and makes it faster than the lightsaber. But Morty's like, I don't want you around. I don't want you coming with me. So Morty and the president go down to retrieve the, the weapon. The misses the lightsaber when he tries to get it, but Morty catches it. Yeah, Brings it back to the drill, and they come back up to the surface. The president confiscates the lightsaber, declaring that he owns Star Wars. Not the corporates have ruined it with the sequels. And he leaves with the science team. <laughs> Now, while this is going on, Robot Rick, who is still watching this movie with the family, is upset that he started to feel guilty for deceiving them, but he's programmed not to tell them he's a robot. So he's like, why don't we play a game? And we have to answer her honestly, except if you're a robot, you can't admit you're a robot. (laughs) And they ask him, they, they start asking him questions and he's telling them he's a robot, but they're not believing him. And he's, they're like, what's your skeleton made of? Titanium. He's just answering all of their questions, but he's programmed. He can't admit he's a robot to them. Yep. Of course, Morty comes. He's so angry with what happened to the president. He storms in during Christmas dinner and announces that it's a robot. And we get this. Well, because the president stole his lightsaber. Yeah. After making fun of him for being a nerd and talking about how talking trash about Star Wars. And Summer and both Beths, because Space Beth is here also, the clone, are so annoyed and hurt by the deception that during a beautiful montage of Silent Night, (laughs) they completely destroy Robot Rick, who 
closes his eyes and accepts it peacefully because he wants to be destroyed. Meanwhile, in the Oval Office, the president's playing with a lightsaber, and he loses his grip and drops it perfectly vertical into the ground. But of course, goes on TV and blames Morty. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and unknowingly reveals that the White House has already took off into space to save itself. <laughs> so he can save himself while Earth explodes. So Morty knows he has to save the Earth again, get this lightsaber back. So they bring robot Rick back, who is not happy about being brought back. And somehow yep. it's connected to Christmas lights. <laughs> and they get the lightsaber and go to go to space white house yep where morty follows the president into a star wars themed room that essentially looks like the emperor's throne room <laughs> from the movies and the president six droids on morty and morty's forced to fight them with the lightsaber and they're such dumb droids one of them is a droid with lightsaber eyes <laughs> that then starts killing all the other droids because it can't see and while Morty's fighting <laughs> fighting these robots, the president is just standing in the background ranting about how Disney ruined the franchise. <laughs> um, yep. Morty destroys the droids and confronts the president. He goes to shoot him, but Rickbach takes the attack and gets injured. He goes to shoot him <laughs> with a cannon gun of lightsabers. And the lightsabers? The absurd, obs- obsessed with lightsabers. And the lightsabers go perfectly vertical again. And they're nearly sucked into the vacuum of space until the real Rick saves them with a portal. Well, Morty lets go to go after Robot Rick to give him a hug. As yes. he's flying away. And then they all come back and Robot Rick tells Morty, you know, I did all this nice stuff because Rick programmed me to. So really everything I did, Rick did. Yep. So Rick and Morty have this kind of heart-to-heart in the lab, and Rick goes on one of his rants to end the season, and he's like, Season 7, Morty, you're going to be in the hunt for Rick Prime. That's going to be our arc going forward, Morty. We're going to hunt Rick Prime together. Rick and Morty back at it again. And the end, until the stinger after the episode, where a fan-favorite character, Mr. Poopy Butthole, who is this weird yellow... Uh, guy with a hat is now jacked up and he has just finished watching the episode and tells the audience that he's trying to rebound from his divorce by exercising. Um, but he breaks his, he ends up breaking his legs with a squat and begs his trainer to call his ex-wife because he needs her. The this episode was Christmas throughout. Yep. We do have a Linus moment. Between Rick and Morty. Thanks to Robot Rick. Thanks to Robot Rick. Uh, I'm going to give this one a 7. I'll go with a 7 as well. Purely because it's more Christmassy. I like Anatomy Park more, but... That's so Anatomy Park is so gross, dude. <laughs> uh, so this, so just, this is our top one. Followed by Anatomy Park. Followed by Rattlestar. Followed, <laughs> followed by Snakes on a Rick. <laughs> I'm super curious as to what Julia would have thought of these episodes. So, Tom, if Julia is listening, where can she where can she chime in? Not just Julia. We would like <laughs> to hear from all of you. I really want to know who in our group 
is a fan of Rick and Morty. So tell us about your love of Rick and Morty. Give us your histories with Rick and Morty. It is an iconic show with a big cult following. It is also a show that a lot of people, including my wife, absolutely hate. Yeah, mine too. She does not get adult humor cartoons. <laughs> nope, mine doesn't either. Yeah, so let us know. Linktree.com slash podcast. Uh, which will take you to all our social media sites, including our Patreon, where as far as little as a dollar per month, you can get bonus episodes. The spooky season content is stacking up there right now. September and October are going to be lit. Uh, Thanksgiving content is going to be lit. And uh, yeah, so now's the time to start subscribing because it is... We are five days away from Leon Day as we are recording That is this, insane. As this drops, yeah. We are that is insane. Halfway to Christmas. Which means, Julia, if you're listening to this the day it drops, Julia, which the week you come back, we have to record twice because we did our bonus Leon Day episode too. Yeah, we do. What do we have coming up, Anthony? We've we've our whole schedule is a mess, and I'm a little, I was a little uh, lost. Then I looked at our schedule, and I'm like, whoa, we are doing some cool stuff. We are but doing since you put the schedule together. I think you should take you should steal the thunder here. We are doing Kenny and Dolly a Christmas to remember. We're doing the British show special Stickman, recovering Who's the Boss, which I had to get on the list after the nanny because I love Who's the Boss. At Matt Spaulding's recommendation, we're covering a movie called Christmas Story, which is a Santa origin story. I do and, have a question for you. Yes. Who is the boss? It was Mona, honestly. Out of the three of them. Definitely Mona. You think, you think that was the one? We're covering Mr. Bean. We have gra- lots of great stuff. How I Met Your Mother is coming up. That 70s show, The King of Queens. I love The King of Queens. So tons of fun stuff coming up. So Disco 54, I know you made a joke on Facebook how we're scraping the bottle of the barrel. And while that may be true for the first half of the year, it's because we save all the good content for the back half. We don't even have November and December scheduled yet because so many new stuff is going to be released. You're waiting to see when they drop. So. We are we are within a stone's throw of recording all of our Halloween content. Which, tons of good stuff coming up there, too, this year. So, I'm excited. And Natalie Bickle. Hey. Natalie Bickle's coming around for Halloween because she has never seen Casper. So, we're getting her on for our Casper episode this year, which will be a lot of fun. Mara Wilson is uh, is really active on Blue Sky. And so I've been bugging her, trying to get her to join us for an episode. She's not in Casper. No, I was just saying in general. As a, as oh, a okay. I thought I thought you completely. Were no, that was Christina Ricci. No, <laughs> no, just completely looking at at '90s kid stars. I so would love on, Mara Wilson to come on. If any of you are on Blue Sky, please ping Mara Wilson and uh, say, "Hey, you should join Tis the Podcast and talk about a Christmas or Halloween movie." We don't even need her for Christmas or Halloween. If she wants to talk Mrs. Doubtfire, we'll do a special bonus episode with her or Matilda. I'll talk about it from 34th Street. Oh, yeah. Ask her. <laughs> I forgot she was in that. So, yeah. Will we do Miracle on 34th Street? She wants to come on for sure. Yeah, we'll redo it with a, with a star. She could tell us so many cool things about it. Speaking of cool things, we only have 4,536 hours until Christmas. That's 189 days, 27 That weeks. is basically six months. It's here. Where? Like I, like I say every year, once we have Leon Day and 4th of July, it goes downhill. Because once you get past that 4th of July hum, the Hallmark ornaments come out, 
the fall stuff comes out in all the stores. We're basically in the Burr month, so. There is Christmas stuff already at Costco. I know certain Michaels and certain um, Hobby Lobbies around the country have some fall stuff out already. I haven't seen it locally, but I'll, I'm going to go searching because I need a dose of serotonin because I hate this hot weather. I'll say that. We were in the 60s yesterday for our high. So, listeners, do your homework. Julia, we missed you. Watch these episodes, Julia. I want to see what you think. <laughs> and until next week, y'all. Bye. 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 Boy, bye. The first Noel The angel did say Was to serve Poor shepherds in